Welcome to the Side by Side podcast, where we connect busy female leaders in ministry to the practical resources they need today. We are your co-hosts, and I am Annie Perdue Olson. And I'm Heidi Swart. Heidi, after getting through 2020, we are now (laughs) finally ready for 2021. (laughs) We have to dive in with a ton of optimism, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I think it's going to take a little bit of work. And I do remember like reflecting back on one of the episodes we had last year with Kristen Joy about finding joy and how hard it is coming out of 2021 to go, yes, I'm going to embrace joy. I really like what she said about how important it is for us to find joy in our identity in Christ and not in our circumstances. Like if we find joy in Christ and in who he says, what he says about us and who he is, I think we have joy that we can hold on to regardless of what the circumstances Mm. are being thrown at us. And heading into 2021, we are going to need that kind of mindset. (laughs) Yeah, we do. And you know, our mindset really makes all the difference when it comes to building new habits or relationships, or even looking at the new opportunities that hopefully this year is going to bring. We kind of closed our last episode talking a little bit about mindset. And, you know, I think that part of why I'm drawn to strengths-based work is because it's really built on this positive psychology, which lends itself really well to helping us focus on what's right instead of what's wrong. And last year, you know, in 2021 or 2020, we were so fixated on all of the things that were wrong. Yep. And moving forward, I think we can take with us this Uh, sense of adaptability, this sense of open-handed approach, this idea of holding things more loosely. And that mindset, I think, is really key to um, helping us embark on this this new year and this new season and new opportunity. And even as we reflect back on 2020, I mean, there was a lot of hard stuff there. But a lot of new opportunities did mm-hmm. rise up. A lot of the leaders that I'm working with who never thought they could lead a remote workforce are leading a remote mm-hmm. workforce. And it's working. You know, and churches are doing church in a totally different way, doing things that they never thought that they could do. And so I think even as we move forward, there is a shift in perspective that we can embrace, that we can choose. And I do think finding God's perspective on what mm-hmm. He wants for us for 21 is 2021 is really critical. And I think there's two things that we need in order to be able to make that happen. We talked last week about confidence and connection being really critical for us as we move out of 2020 and into 2021. If we really want to capitalize on those opportunities, if we want to have that adaptability and hold things loosely and really move into 2021 in the way that God has for us, we're going to need two more things. (laughs) We are going to need clarity and we are going to need creative problem solving. Um, And we talk about those things on the Side by Side podcast so much because everything that we do as leaders requires those four things. We Mm -hmm. need confidence, we need connection, we need clarity, and we need creative problem solving. And so I want to talk about clarity first and then creative problem solving. But clarity for me um, was really highlighted, at least at the foundation of clarity, was highlighted in the interview that I did with Kathleen Fisher Mm -hmm. when she talked about finding God's perspective and managing our mindset getting it centered on, okay, what is it that God's telling me to do? And then holding on to that and boldly moving forward with that. I think we need that as a foundation to our clarity going into 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, working working with teams and, and understanding our mindset and understanding where where they're coming from. And, and I think back even to Amanda's episode on leaky emotions. Yep. You know, that it that it all starts kind of up at the top with that with that mindset. Yep. But 
The other thing that comes to mind is um, how much strategy has had to be redefined. Yes. <laughs> you know, strategy kind of, I don't know, on the one hand, we had to take it to a new level where we had to be strategic and, and problem solve and, and gain clarity in whole new ways. And on the other hand, uh, you know, we had to learn to hold loosely to our strategic plans because we knew that they could shift at the drop of a hat. Yep. And one of the things that resonated with me when I talked to Jennifer Fuller about strategy, she talked about this idea of putting, uh, turning your vision into action. Right. And 2020 felt a lot like we were walking blind, like mm -hmm. blindly. We had no real clear path about where we were going to go. And we all experienced that, I think, universally and individually. And yet, um, you know, we had this opportunity to think about strategy differently and to understand why it matters, but also this idea of being flexible with it. You know, I think one of the things that I resonated with was that um, Jen talked about how fear is often the barrier to providing uh, for us making a plan. Yeah. And I, I know that I responded to that because I can feel very restricted when I make a plan because I think, oh no, now I have to carry through on it <laughs> because that's my responsibility yes. coming in. Right. And I feel locked in and I feel like I'm stifled by the plan. And yet she talked about how we can, um, create a plan. And we can also invite God into that process yeah. that, that he can come into that. And it's not an either, or it's not like we have to be spirit led or we have to be strategic. We can do both at the same time. Yep. That's why I think Kathleen Fisher's episode and, um, Jennifer Fuller's episode pair so well together mm -hmm. because Kathleen is talking about perspective and getting God's perspective on our ministry, on our business, on whatever it is that God's calling us to do. Get his perspective, invite him in, let him, you know, take down the fear mindsets that might be holding mm -hmm. us back or anything that's standing in the way. And then the action orientedness of like, okay, not only do we need faith and God's perspective, but we also need a plan and mm -hmm. we need strategy. And those two are not opposite of each other. Mm -hmm. They actually pair really well. We get to ask God and we get to go forward with and making plans and really stepping into what God has for us. And I heard her, her tips on like turning like vision into action were just so practical. <laughs> Headed into 2021, we need some of that practical, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I think sometimes we think that um, if we don't have strategic strengths, mm -hmm. that we're excused from being strategic. <laughs> <laughs> no, the answer to that is no. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> if you are a, what you consider to be a non-strategic leader, then it's really imperative that you bring teammates around you who can provide that strength and that gift because your team needs their clarity part of the strategic gift is in the strategic strength is being able to naturally see this path forward. And so imagine how important that is to have that kind of player on your team so that they can guide and inspire that team to the next step. And that's part of that strategic gift too, is being able to communicate that, that plan in a way that inspires people to action. So, you know, your, um, your, uh, strength, Annie, of 
activator yes, <laughs> I am an is activator. ready to go, right? <laughs> so you can take, you love that idea. You're a great partner for somebody who's strategic because the two of you are going to take that thing and you're going to fly. You're going to take that strategic plan and you're going to move forward. And you're going to see that path with greater clarity than some of the rest of us. Yep. You know, I, I get asked the question a lot, um, is this like, you know, what kind of Myers-Briggs type makes a great leader? Mm-hmm. Or what mix, I'm sure you get this, what mix of top five strengths makes a great yeah. leader? And my answer to that question is always um, not the what they expect. Because there is no Myers-Briggs type. There is no top five strengths that makes a better leader than another. Strengths finder. Clifton Strengths, rather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clifton Strengths, Myers Briggs, any of those assessments don't tell us whether we can be a good leader or not mm-hmm. a good leader or what makes a good leader. All they do is tell us how we lead. We each have a different aspect of what mm-hmm. we do when we do strategy. So the same is, is true when it comes to strategy is, is that there's so many different aspects of strategy. And Jennifer talked about how some people will be better with kind of the big picture plans and other, you, but you also have to assign roles. There has to be accountabilities. There has to be some operational aspect to that strategic plan. If you're gonna turn vision into action, it's not just the big picture thinking, mm-hmm. it's all of the different aspects of that. It's yeah. the person that's gonna assign the roles and tell people what to do. And so it's like looking at strategy, what is it that you do well? Um, what is your sweet spot? And then finding other people who can complement you in that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what's going to take us into 2021 is we're going to have to do it together. Mm-hmm. goes back to what we were talking about last week with connection. Like we need to be surrounded by the right group of people really to be able to do strategy well in mm-hmm. 2021. I think the thing that stood out to me as we were talking about the Myers-Briggs episode and the strengths episode is that you know, we, we can know each other's strengths. We can know each other's preferences. And yet, you know, teams can still be messy. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes leading teams can feel like herding cats. You know, you're trying to move them all in the same direction at the same time. And change is not easy for some people. You know, we have these natural uh, gifts and strengths and, and preferences that, um, that either make us want to kind of stay where we are and go slowly, or they make us want to speed ahead and go too fast. And that's when things can get, get really messy. And I think Heidi talked about that really well in, uh, in the episode that you did with her, because she took this super familiar, um, cycle of grief that I was aware of, and she applied it to teams. And that was fascinating to me. And it highlighted the importance of navigating that movement of your team through and toward that path that you you think you have that's super clear, but to do it well and to be mindful of where those different people are uh, in that in that change cycle. Yeah, because I mean, she talked about uh, Heidi Leverins um, and change is messy in the middle, I think was the, the title of her episode mm-hmm. because it does really get messy in the middle. Mm-hmm. So like you can have the plan set and the strategy made and be going in a particular direction, and but you're asking people to do new things. Mm-hmm. So just because you, that moment in time, you said, okay, January 1st of 2021 is gonna look different and here's what we're gonna do different. Well, you've started the change, but the internal transition that people go through is so different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes through the grief cycle. There might be some denial or shock or, or you know, um, even depression, discouragement, hopelessness that might come mm-hmm. in the midst of that whole cycle of people embracing a whole new way of doing things, even if that change is just really, really teeny tiny. And I think one of the things that really stood out with what Heidi was saying about change is just how when you're taking a group of people through that, 
everybody can be at different stages mm -hmm. in the cycle. So you might have one person that's shocked that they're going to have to do something totally new, another person that's angry, another person that's hi-ho, ready to go. Um, in Everybody's at different stages. So how do you as a leader navigate the differences on that team? That can mm -hmm. get re That's where it gets really messy. Yeah, and your, what you talked about in the episode where I got to put you on the hot seat as well with Myers-Briggs is how we can miss each other then in the communication and the way we talk to one another too in that space. And I think both your Myers-Briggs language and even the language that Heidi puts around that grief cycle um, allows us to communicate better mm -hmm. when things are messy. Yeah. When I think about communication and when I think about being in different places in that grief cycle, I'm reminded about uh, our transition to the East Coast. Yeah. That, you know, we've been here for, for close to 11 years now. And in those early years, uh, I was doing okay for a few months. <laughs> but by the time we hit Thanksgiving, which was maybe five or six months after we moved here, uh, I was pretty homesick. Yep. And in, in truly and honestly, for the last 10 years, there have been um, moments where uh, my husband and I have on, been on very different pages when it comes to that that grief cycle and communicating as the, as life changed. And we, ten years later, I feel like are are kind of in sync yep. on on where we are in that process. But we really miscommunicated a lot for a lot of that time, or not even miscommunicated, but I think it created some uh, challenges and some hard feelings from time to time because we were in different places and we didn't know how to uh, communicate well. We didn't understand we were in different places and we didn't have the language to put around that experience and what it felt like for each of us individually. I think that's one of the things I like about Myers-Briggs and some of the work that I do around Myers-Briggs and change and our different change approaches. I do a lot with communication, but then also how we approach change is different because if we can give some language to that, we can create clarity. Mm -hmm. If you want to get your yourself or your people out of that messy middle, it's going to require clarity. Mm -hmm. So going back to one of the four needs that we have as female leaders is it's going to require clarity. So we have to give space for people to maybe ask questions. Um, we have to give, we have to repeat ourselves often as leaders over communicate when necessary. Um, and we have to give opportunity for people to actually verbalize what they're feeling and where they're at. And if we can create that kind of space, then clarity can emerge out of that. And mm -hmm. I believe clarity is key to getting on the other side of that grief cycle. I think that that's a really important piece. Mm -hmm. And don't you think that creative problem solving also helps, you know, when we're in that messy middle? For sure. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I think is really helpful is, is like if you're facing a change, you're going to make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. um, your team is going to make mistakes. Mistakes are more apt to happen when those emotions are flying, when you're doing something new, when maybe there isn't clarity there. And um, Jeanette Grace actually talked a little bit about the permission to make mistakes mm -hmm. and how that actually can fuel creativity. So I think, yes creativity matters and I think one of the things that can fuel that in that messy middle is our ability to give grace for mistakes I think a lot of times with mistakes we will tend to you know shove them under the rug and kind of just try and keep plowing forward and ignore the mistake and it kind of bounces back and gets us mm -hmm. later or we might go to that shame place that Amanda Cornelius mm -hmm. talked about and uh, you know I'm not good enough or you know the I suck narrative that can come up from making mistakes but none of those are fruitful 
Mm -hmm. Those don't propel us anywhere. And Jeanette yeah. tells some really cool stories about how embracing mistakes can actually fuel innovation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, <laughs> so, Truth be told here, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And sometimes I sometimes I'm not so recovering. Sometimes I land more in that just that perfectionist realm. Um, right. I'm a type one <laughs> Enneagram. <laughs> so I have a high, you know, expectation of myself and it's in my responsibility strength to um allows me to take personal ownership over the things I commit to. So it feels like a personal affront when I fail. Like yes. I feel like my reputation was dinged in some way. So mistakes can be really hard. And this is what can trigger that shame. It can trigger, um, yeah, that shame cycle that Amanda talked about. And the thing that really uh, drew me in was the idea that we have three different reactions to shame. We either move toward people, we move away from people or we move against people. And mm -hmm. when it comes to moving against people, you know, we're, we blame them yep. and we don't own our mistakes and we put it outside of ourselves, and we, we withdraw from other people, which is the last thing we should be doing. We should be connecting with people. So all of that is, is why I think she kept talking about that as being shame, being the master emotions, because it just, it leaks all over us. Uh, and it, it affects our ability to be good problem solvers because we're afraid of making mistakes. Right. So it, it can actually prevent us from even trying something new. Mm -hmm. Right. But then we're in the, when we're in the middle of that mess and mistakes are made, it can actually halt us or get us stuck right in that mm -hmm. spot. I mean, they have done research over and over and over again around change in organizations. And over the last 15 years, 20 years, they've done different research studies and they all keep coming back with the same thing. About 70% of leaders feel like their change efforts fail. Mm -hmm. Like 70% of all leaders feel like the things that they're trying to do to bring about change fail. Hmm. I think one of the really big reasons that they do that is, is that they're unaware of the people side of change. So I talk about the fact that, mm -hmm. you know, they even one of the studies by McKinsey and company uh, found that the two reasons that change efforts fail were management behavior and I think personalities was the other one, but it's all people. It was all people stuff. The reasons <laughs> that people came up yeah. with, the top reasons people came up with was that side of, of the equation. And so if we aren't willing to engage mistakes and navigate the people side of that messy middle, then we aren't going to get to the clarity that we need to actually mm -hmm. push through to see the strategy that we've set in place and the plans yeah. that we have. Um, it won't happen unless we go through the people side of it and get clarity on that side of, to, of it too. You can't just have a clear strategic plan. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to gain clarity in the middle of the people mess. You know, we have to get creative about knowing where we're going to go next. And when, when the two of us got together and we were talking about this podcast, I love the fact that we came up with this idea of I don't know if it was our idea. I guess it was really the Holy Spirit. So I right. can't take Let's credit for there. this. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about creativity from the perspective of it being creative problem solving. That yes. creativity is not about being artsy. It's not about being crafty. Uh, you've talked about your artistically challenged <laughs> yes. personal I totally experience. I appreciate that <laughs> definition of creative problem solving and the mm -hmm. redefinition of creativity because I'm not the traditional like, you know, artsy person. I'm not really good mm -hmm. at arts and crafts. And I have a nine-year-old daughter who's really good at it. Mm -hmm. And she's so good at it. She puts me to shame. Um, <laughs> no shame, no yes. shame. <laughs> right, no shame, no shame. Um, but when I redefine it as really being able to think outside the box, 
Mm -hmm. to be able to look at everything that's going on and get creative with the ways that we might want to approach things. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's when I really embrace creativity. That's when I can really own it. And it's not that it isn't the artsy stuff. It just is also creative mm -hmm. problem solving. Right. I think one of my biggest moments of clarity and self-awareness that I had in 2020 was my need, my deep need to be creative. And for me, it does mean it's this really interesting blend of both the artistic piece, because mm -hmm. I love to design. Um, I love to um, do the visual arts, but I also really love to problem solve. Yeah. So I need both. And yeah. I, I say from time to time, I need to let my creativity out to play. <laughs> Otherwise I get, um, I get very restless. I get very bored of the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And when I was thinking about podcast guests and I was thinking about this topic, the first person who came to mind was uh, Tanya Pinkerman. Oh, yeah. um, I call her Tanner. I call <laughs> her Tan. I call her because I've known her for so long, but she is one of the most creative people I know. And she will be the first to tell you she is not artistic in the least. Like that is not her thing, but she is a creative problem solver. She is, uh, she tackles problems in new and creative ways all the time. She has been in the worship arts for Oh, I'm going to misquote this, but somewhere in the ballpark of 25 years and has recently made the shift to being uh, in children's ministry, which, you know, <laughs> she thought it was a punishment in the beginning. And yet she's learned how to creatively tackle that world, particularly in 2020. Yeah differently. And she yeah. had an incredibly successful vacation Bible school. They just did an event, I, I believe, for their middle school and high school or elementary school students this week. Um, and it has been this absolute need of the church in 2020 to have uh, think about how to solve problems creatively, uh, creatively because they are constantly faced with problems. Isn't it interesting that God moved her? I just love this part of her story. God moved her from one area to the other really right at the, the right time for mm -hmm. her to be able to yeah. use the exact gifts that he had given to her in that moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, for her, I think that that's what creative problem solving does for us. Mm -hmm. No matter where we're planted, we bloom. I mean, I mm -hmm. think that's the metaphor that I've heard is it's like, you just, you just, you just grow where you're, where you're planted. Um, and I think creative problem solving and skills that we might develop around that, how to leverage our strengths to be able to do that can really actually help us to find a way to do whatever it is that God's called us to do, wherever it is that he's mm -hmm. called us to do it. I've always looked at calling as more than a vocation. Hmm. Um, calling is really whatever it is that God has put on us to do for our lives um, and whatever he's called us to do. I mean, go and make disciples is one thing for sure. That is part mm -hmm. of our calling, but we all do that in fresh and unique mm. ways. And hearing Tanner's story and how she just really grew where she ever she was planted and used that creative problem solving, it's like that's all we got to do is just really take all the yeah. tools in our arsenal and bring them forth <laughs> into 2021 yeah. and, uh, and really be able to create creatively use them to do what it is that God's called us to do, whether it's in our families or in our ministry or in our um, you know, churches, wherever it is that God has planted us, we can use mm -hmm. all the tools that he've, he's given yeah. us in creative ways. Yeah, you know, Annie, I, I read a startling statistic, and it, it, it wasn't really even a statistic. It was more of an observation from two prominent uh, church consultants. And I read separate articles within two days of each other that basically said the same thing. And that was that the church has not changed for 20 years. The church got very settled into doing things a certain way, 
And it, it oftentimes became the kind of the low maintenance route because it makes it easier for us. And I think that's when we kind of lose sight of why we do what we do, that sometimes we have to be thinking about the people who are in the seats, not necessarily about um, our effort, that sometimes being creative, it does require effort. And I know that can be really hard for people in ministry because ministry is hard, period. And there's so many things demanded of you, so many things asked of you. But, you know, I think 2020 reminded us that we got a little settled, we got a little complacent, and we are now sitting right on the threshold of 2021. And in some of the work I do outside of our podcast, I talk a lot about what's called the fresh start effect. And in essence, the fresh start effect tells us that when we're on the threshold, when we are sitting on at this, this new point in time, we have the biggest opportunity to make a change to the way we do things going forward, that we have this sort of divide in our, in our persona where we can look back and we can say that was our old self and we can look forward and we can say, but this is what I want for my new self. And that's the moment that we have right now during this first week of January is to say that was the old, here's the new, here's what I want to do differently. Here's how I want to creatively problem solve. Here's how I want to build confidence and clarity and connection in 2021 and go after it because you're on the verge of being able to do that. And it's all possible when we invite God into that process. It's through his power, not our own. Yep. You know, one of the things I love about the conversations that we've had about sticky habits um, and our busy leaders guide that we have for people to download that you and I co-wrote together is really helpful at giving people some just really quick practical things that they can do to introduce some of those new things into their lives in very, very simple ways. And I um, really love, I really learned this from you when we were co-writing that, is how important it is to just like pick that one small step. Mm-hmm. That one small step really matters. I know one of the things that I struggle with as I'm transitioning from 2020 to 2021 and really wanted to engage that creative problem solving is finding the thinking time that I need mm-hmm. to be able to engage my creative self. Um, be, and I've actually, I scheduled a whole day at the end of 2020 for me to be able to do like, okay, I'm going to just think I'm, I had the day planned out. And, and then my day blew up because <laughs> there's always the things that need to get mm-hmm. done that feel urgent, that feel like they have to be done right now. And my day got lost in those have to be done now day and things. And I think that happens to us a lot when we try and do that fresh start when we try to add that one small step, we can really easily get sabotaged. So here's what I've done to be able to help myself do the one small step that you and I have talked about. <laughs> I can't that, wait. Are you I, ready? Let me, let me hear it. You wanna hear my practical, tactical tip for I being do, able I to do. do this? Okay, so I have a colleague of mine who confessed to me she was struggling with the same thing of sabotaging mm. her thinking time. Um, so I said, okay, what if we set up a meeting on our calendar and we get on Zoom together because we're in different states um, and at the beginning of the meeting, we set our intention for that hour. I am going to work on this for hour. Then we turn off the video, we turn off the speaker and Mm -hmm. we work on that, come back on at the end of that hour, five minutes before and report to each other what we've accomplished. Mm. A couple of things that that one small step is giving to me is one accountability, which Mm -hmm. goes back to what we're talking about with connection and how Mm -hmm. powerful it is to have partners along your side to help hold you 
to that space where you need thinking time. I got to tell you, there's going to be 10 things that are going to try and take that hour from me. Mm -hmm. There will be 10 things. Well, maybe I'm even being conservative at 10. There could be a hundred <laughs> things that will try and rob me of that hour. Yeah. But now that I have committed myself to use that also as a connecting time with someone who's important to me, um, it's going to be purposeful. That one mm. small step is connection. It also is going to give me clarity because I have already set that hour. Like what I'm going to work on in that hour is I'm going to dream. I already have like written out like my outline of what I want to ask God about and what I want him to speak to me about. And and I think that that is like going to create clarity for me. And to really be able to engage my problem solving, creative problem solving self in that hour. No, it's not a whole day. I don't feel like I can give myself a whole day because it would get sabotaged. I can guarantee that. But one small step, mm -hmm. one hour. And if it works well, we're going to try and do it every day. Imagine if as leaders, we could, not every day, every week, we're going to do that every <laughs> week. Um, imagine if as leaders, we could set aside that one hour every week, create connection with another leader that helps hold us accountable to be able to take the space and time to get creative and get clear on mm -hmm. what God has for us for 2021. One of the things I love about what you just said, Annie, is that you took that one small step and you you put it into action. And whether you know it, you you intentionally set yourself up for more success because the fresh start effect wears off, right? We all have these New Year's resolutions, and yet by the end of January, we've failed on most of them. And yet behavior science tells us that we can do four things. And I remember it always with an acronym, it's EAST. So we make it easy. We make it attention grabbing, we make it social, and we make it timely. And you've actually done probably all four of those things. And I didn't even know the acronym. <laughs> and you didn't and even I did know it. it. So you so made it cool. social. Wait, could we call yeah. it the Holy Spirit? Let's just call it. Oh, Holy absolutely. Spirit. Yeah, you made it social and you made it timely. You know, you set that, you set that on your calendar. And so you you did it and you took those steps. And that's something that will allow you to find that space to to reconnect to what it is that God. God has in mind for you about where and how he's going to lead you in the year to come. And I think if we could do that, what a powerful um, example you would set by allowing us to set us, allowing time for you to engage with somebody else and really listen to what God has to say to you. Yeah, it's, it's really powerful. You know what I would love about um, kind of what I'm learning through this podcast experience with you, Heidi, and listening to all of our amazing guests and is that we're all on a journey. And mm -hmm. uh, you and I, we don't have any like supernatural, extra special insight, um, but that we're all on this learning together, side mm -hmm. by side. That's why we call it side by side. That's why mm -hmm. we've gone there with that name, with the podcast, is that you and I are learning side by side. And, you know, we write a busy leader's guide and then we have to take what we wrote and start applying it to our own life because <laughs> this is life, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I really love doing this podcast with you and just all that we have done. I am really looking forward to 2021. Um, I really would love to hear a little bit more from our listeners about mm -hmm. what is it about the 2020 episodes that really stood out to them? What are some of the things that you would like to hear in 2021? What topics would be interesting to you? What guests would you like to hear from? Um, because we really want to make this practical. We're learning with you. We are doing this side by side. So if you have any thoughts for us, please email us at info at sidebysidepodcast.online. 
because you've been listening to the Side-by-Side podcast with Annie Purdue Olson and Heidi Zwart. Please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to hear from you and capture your thoughts and your feedback because we really love sharing the practical and tactical tips that we as women leaders really need. Um, When we're connected with each other, we really experience amazing things as leaders and we gain more confidence. We have better clarity and we do fuel creative problem solving to accomplish our mission. So let's get access together to all of those great resources uh, that our guests have offered to us. You can check out our website and get a little bit more at sidebysidepodcast.online.